Hello, bonjour and good morning, LinkedIn. Good morning, Robert. How are you doing today? Oh, good morning, LinkedIn, and good morning, Doreen. You know, Doreen, this morning, I feel like I'm about to burn out. Oh, no, don't say that. It's bad. It's really bad. Okay, we need to talk. You need to talk. Don't stay alone. You don't have to do it alone to go through it alone. And we're going to talk about it together. You and I and our beautiful international community here on Good Morning LinkedIn. So hello, welcome everyone. If it's your first time here, my name is Doreen and this is my friend and co-host Robert. We are here every Saturday morning uh, to talk about topics that matter, you know, to us, to our professional development, personal uh, development as well. No BS conversation. We're here to chill and, you know, to talk about the craziness that is happening in the world. <laughs> Basically, that's Ooh. what we are doing here. And uh, I see, wow, I see many of you are joining us. For those of you who are regular, welcome. We appreciate you. Thank you for being here with us. And our friend here, Shim, uh, welcomes you too. And he likes it when, or Shim likes it when you uh, enjoy the, I mean, you engage with us in the conversation, you share your questions, you share your own perspectives and experiences, because this is what this show is about. We all together have a conversation and share our perspective without BS, as I said earlier. If, if you don't know Robert yet, you will quickly <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. What, what are you saying? Hey, you know what? So I, I have a question for everyone listening. And that question is, have you ever burned out? Because look, burnout is usually a slow and gradual process. And what it does, it robs people of their passion, their motivation, and their energy. And it leaves you with feelings of exhaustion, delusionment, and frustration. So have you ever experienced burnout? That's the question I want to ask. Doreen, what about you? You ever experienced burnout? I have, and I have hid it. Like I was very good at hiding it. And usually when we go through burnout, the first thing that we do is to hide it. And let me tell you, I had reached a point where I was on the, I was functioning on a four hour sleep. And I I was taking pride in myself in being able to function on a four-hour sleep, working seven days a week, like working long days, crazy hours. And when I would feel overwhelmed, when I would feel it was too much, I would go to the bathroom, cry by myself, and then come back to the office. And no one, no one would know. No one would guess that I was just crying a minute, like a baby a minute ago. Even at home, my family wouldn't see it. And I, I, as I said again, because, and I want to say it again, because I think it's very important. I took pride in myself being able to handle that level of stress. I thought I was handling that level of stress when actually I was wrong. And I ignored the symptoms. I just thought, you know, oh, but you, you have ambitions, you have goals. This is normal to go through such, you know, hard time. I just normalized the state I was in until the day, and it was on International Women's Day, listen to me, I was giving a talk at uh, a board, uh, uh, it was a boardroom like with uh, like VPs, directors from one of the biggest bank here in Canada. And in the middle of my talk, I started crying in front of everybody. I couldn't stop myself. 
and I was ashamed and I was embarrassed and it was such a high level event and and people they were looking at me like this not understanding what was happening and there was this gentleman on my right on my right he was VP of sales or something like this and he had a glass of water and I would take his glass of water and, and drink his water like hoping to calm myself down that was horrible and I said I'm sorry you know I just I'm just exhausted and I got the positive kind of the positive answer that I got back was but Doreen we didn't see it why you didn't tell us right. you know why you didn't tell us and that's the thing here usually we put the guilt and the shame on ourselves. We don't, we don't tell people what we are going through until we lash out, right? So don't reach that level. This is something that we are going to talk about here with uh, Robert. So let us know in the comment if you have experienced burnout or if you know someone who has experienced burnout. And, and how about you, Robert? Yeah, I've, I've burned out. Um, and you know it's similar to what you just expressed i think there's a it's like a rising tide you feel something coming but you think that you can handle it all and you don't want to burden anyone else with your issues and so you keep it all in and then slowly but surely certain things just start to happen that are beyond your control it's like a volcano exploding Right. Mm -hmm. you, you, you know that something is brewing and then it just bubbles up and it pops. Um, but I think you hit on some good points. We shouldn't have to shoulder the responsibility for everything, especially if we have a good support system. Now, if you don't have a good support system, you got to get one. And I think we have to not feel that shame and guilt when we're going through something that's stressful. But a lot of times we don't want people to know what we're going through because we feel like it makes us look untough. Um, yeah. but really it can help us get unstuck, you know, but you know what our audience too, they've experienced burnout. Sono says she's had it twice. And oh, she wow. says, Sono. you feel lost and detached from the world. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and you, you hear and you're not here, right? It's like physically you hear, but your mind, your heart you, is not here. This is, this is a state that is really, really weird. Right. And yeah. I see also uh, Katrina who says, um, I'm a high functioning burnout candidate. That's not healthy, Katrina. I want to say this is not healthy, but at least you know it. Well, you know what? You, you see, my response to her was, oh, no. But I was also thinking at least she has a decent sense of humor about it. Because when you're dealing with people who have burnout, I, I think you have two different types and you have to know what you're dealing with. When I'm about to burn out, I become very lethargic and I just want to sleep. Mm -hmm. I'm not the type that lashes out at another person. I internalize even more, which makes it even worse because mm -hmm. now it affects your health. But then you have the other type of person that lashes out and they're angry at everybody that's around them and you don't know what's wrong with them. So both are bad. I don't know which one is worse, but uh, I think I think it's either way, it's very detrimental to you, your friends, your family. Yeah. Um, it's very detrimental. And so the thing is, and, and you are probably, most of you are aware of the fact that there was a, a spike in uh, burnout uh, cases during the pandemic, right? The lockdown, the stressing situation, uh, the, like the, the, the crisis, it was really, really uh, uh, tough for, for a, a lot of people. And 
we know that COVID-19 was the cause of uh, this spike in, in burnout, but now that we are post-pandemic, right, in the post-pandemic era, studies have found that burnout rates are still increasing. So what, what's happening, and this is what we are looking at here today, and so let me share with you a few stats. Uh, 2019 Gallup studies um, in the U.S. showed that 67% of people experienced burnout on the job, okay? And in 2019, the World Health Organization included, included burnout in its international classification of diseases. So it's quite recent, right? It's like less than five years ago. So the, the WHO organizations, uh, the WHO uh, included burnout in its international classification of diseases, defining it as an occupational phenomenon rather than an, a medical condition. So what it is telling, her, telling us here, and, and Robert and I, we were talking about this definition, you know, of burnout as an occupational phenomenon rather than a medical condition. The way I understand this statement is now the responsibility is on the workplace to uh, put in place a, a culture and, you know, a system that will prevent because burnout is a compound effect, right? That's not something that happens uh, overnight. There is a compound effect. And as a workplace, you should be able to identify the stressful uh, elements in your place, in your workplace, in your on the jobs that you provide to people that can have a compound effect over time, a stressful uh, compound effect over time that may lead to burnout. So now the responsibility, from what I understand, is on the workplace culture. But here is the thing, and let us know what you think. It's easy to put the burden on the workplace, and I do believe 100% here on this show, we do believe that workplaces have a better job, a, great, a greater job to do when it comes to creating uh, realistic you know, workplaces for, for, for employees. But on the other side, this definition of this recognition of uh, burnout as uh, uh, an occupational phenomenon excludes the fact that burnout can be an accumulation of professional factors and personal factors. Yeah. Right? Yep. And I think that's, the, you know, that that's what we were just talking about a few minutes ago. But then check this out. Now, in May of 2021, the World Health Organization and the International Labor Organization suggested that an estimated 750,000 people die annually from heart disease and stroke due to working from long hours. 700, that's almost a million people that are dying based on work-related things. But you know what? So, so Doreen, I'll tell you, here's what I think. I think that there are a few causes from the workplace that are helping to uh, uh, spread burnout. I think the first thing is some, some pressures to increase profits. Because organizations are always putting pressure on people to increase profits, but oftentimes they don't give you the tools to help you help them increase the profits. So when you have a goal and you don't have the tools to fulfill that goal, how can you actually do it? And that puts a lot of pressure on you. So I think pressures to increase profits. I think the second thing for me is there's this pressure to have it all. Like we always 
you have to have it all. They tell people you can have it all in this life. No, you cannot. You cannot have it all. Anybody who tells you that is a liar. Yeah. You cannot have it all, but that constant pressure to think that you can have it all will lead you to burnout. Then I think, too, you have some unnecessary administrative burdens. Here's what I mean by that. Simple red tape. Every organization has so much red tape. And I think what happens is we become this comparison community, but we're always comparing ourselves to the next person. And because of that, we've lost compassion for others. Now, which means that we're constantly in competition with somebody else instead of collaboration. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so think about this, because back in the day, I think about my grandparents. They were poor, didn't have much education, lived in a house that my grandfather actually built. Yet they seemed to be the happiest people on the planet. They had just enough to get by and they were okay because they didn't have unnecessary pressures. They didn't have, you know, all this unnecessary stuff that we create. And I think we're causing our own burnout. It basically is what I'm getting at. I think we allow corporations to pressure us. We internalize that pressure instead of turning it back. How many of you work for a boss that gives you unreasonable expectations and you sit there and try and make it happen instead of pushing back and saying, I can't do this. Yeah. I need X, Y, and Z in order to be able to do this. Instead, we internalize it. But you know, I wouldn't say it comes only from the corporation because what you said about your grandparents is very true. Now, keep in mind that we are in an era where social media is like king, the king of the king, right? And when you and and there is this effect of this comparison effect where people they wanna have the same life, or and 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 social media also has, and I believe someone said it like we we are glamorizing to work, work, work when really taking breaks, taking time is okay. And social media, I was oh, it's free. Welcome, free. And so, and actually social media has a big part to play in this, right? Where the, the hustle culture, the hustle culture was like so glamorized. The, the entrepreneurship was so glamorized. And so you see people like killing themselves over it to have, to create and to experience the same lifestyle that people are showcasing and in most cases inventing creating, framing on social media, setting unrealistic expectation for us, right? So right. your grandparents didn't have much like mine, but they didn't have this thing to compare to people who were like showcasing that much of wealth. I don't even want to say wealth, but like the lifestyle that everyone should be living in order to consider himself or herself successful, which is bullshit. I'm sorry to say it, but this is pure bullshit. And this is why we are burning out. And this is why also we are seeing, and we have talked about it in the previous show. So I will send you back to uh, our previous show uh, on the Good Morning LinkedIn podcast is the last, latest work workplace trends like bare minimum Monday, uh, uh, quiet quitting, like why, why? Because you feel like if you hard, you work hard but you don't get the lifestyle that you saw on social media, then it is not worth it. But then you go the total opposite and do nothing. Like there is something yeah. that needs to be addressed here. You know, here's one thing that I was thinking too. I think oftentimes what happens is we kill people's passion for things. And, and let me explain what I mean by that. When I was growing up, I was in middle school and I remember 
the janitor at the middle school was one of the happiest people I'd ever seen before in my life. And I'll never forget him. His name was Sugarfoot. Sugarfoot. So now everybody in the hood has a nickname. So nickname is always based on something that you've done or something that you have. Called him Sugarfoot because he would always dance. So, you know, and he liked James Brown. James Brown had this one song where he would always say, get on the good foot, and he would do a dance. So Sugarfoot. Now, I remember this man would run around the school, sweeping, cleaning, mopping. He was always singing. He was always happy because he was passionate about what he was doing until one day. One day they came in with these overly burdensome administrative pressures. Now he needed to fill out this kind of form for this and that kind of form for something else. And it became too much. And because he couldn't do that part. Now, the other thing about Sugarfoot was his reading wasn't necessarily up to par. So now this new part of the job, he couldn't necessarily do. But the actual most important part of the job, he was actually the best. kids. We all loved him. Look, I'm still talking about him and I'm almost 50. Heck. You know, the impact that he had. But instead of getting this man some help with what he was, the one part of the job that he was bad at, because nobody's perfect, right? He ended up retiring. He couldn't oh. handle the pressure because oh. he was about, I think we suck the passion out of people's jobs. And when you do that, they're not going to perform. They are going to start to internalize a bunch of things, and that's going to help lead to burnout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's take a look at the, uh, and that's very true. Let's take a look at the at the comment here because we have a few comments coming coming in. Yanis says it's hard work. Both my body and mind know they are burned out, but they can't renew. And that's the thing. If you reach the level yeah. when you cannot renew, this is serious. And we are going, you know, as we are going to share with you a couple of tips to help you, you know, recover from burnout from a practical perspective. Uh, so now says, you know, it's all about priorities. Uh, I have a LinkedIn users here. I don't know if you can see who is that person who says people and organizations don't settle for the second best. Ah, uh, that's Hassan. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so now again says so much easier to do when you are not clear on what's most important to you. When you don't know that you, what, when you don't know what you don't know, the trade-off of what you risk using losing yes exactly exactly um who else here oh we have another comment here uh from from i can't see your name but you are correct rob profit but don't give proper tools to you then you end up exposed to committing fraud Oof, even when you don't mean to <laughs> that's a psalm again yeah yeah and we have kim kimberly here who says i respect the younger generations yes who are much more comfortable with defining their own success and not letting others define it. And I love that. I love that comment, Kimberly. So thank you so yep. much because yes. And we see, you know, how it becomes problematic when you are, when the workplaces and corporations are facing a generation of, of employees who are not, who are no longer willing to accept the top down approach at any cost. They don't care. They don't care if it's not fulfilling we are not taking it and so but it, we can see the friction that it is creating in the workplace when now we are like a year a year and a half after uh the the pandemic and still we are having this conversation about what does the new world of work 
look like, what it should look like, or what it will look like, because there is this gap now between the corporations and the younger generation who are like, hey, hold on, I'm not interested. I'm not going to kill myself over your job to make to help you make more profit and become more successful. So yes, very true. A question here from Yanis. What's wrong with a quiet group? What if I use the word silent with robot? And actually, we're going to talk about it. So that's the perfect transition to our next point, Yanis. <laughs> um, uh, so here's the thing. We, we were looking at, you know, uh, reasons why um, burnout rates are rising, right? And so we have talked about it already. We have shared our own experience with the myth of work-life balance. And especially since people work remotely, the, 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 the barriers, you know, between the workplace and, you know, the being home when you can unplug and relax no longer exist, right? So this lack of boundaries really have an impact on people's uh, uh, mental health. And actually there is a, a, a survey here. Uh, while remote and hybrid working have afforded employees greater autonomy, flexibility, it can also come at a price. And that's what we are talking about. Workdays have extended. So an April 2022 survey, you know, by a DP Research Institute, showed that employees worked 8.5 hours of unpaid work, unpaid overtime each week. So it's, it's a full day, it's more than a full day. So basically you are working six days out of seven every week and the six, the six days isn't paid because you are working from home. And most of the time you don't even realize it, right? So now here's the thing, why quiet quitting or quitting is not the answer to, uh, to burnout. It's because you have to acknowledge also that this is internal. There is an internal component here. You know, there is a responsibility and internal behaviors that you may reproduce from a workplace to another. So if you don't increase self-awareness, if you self-awareness, if you don't acknowledge, you know, the deep roots of you burning out because you were not able or maybe you didn't have the strength or you were not in the capacity to say no to say it's too much to yeah. set boundaries to protect yourself then it goes beyond the workplace culture and the workplace stress right it, it is about like internal behaviors that you will reproduce anyway no matter where you go so that's why yeah. quiet quitting is not the answer. We are not saying it's wrong, but what we are saying it's not the answer. Well, think about this too. Quiet quitting is a passive aggressive behavior and passive aggressive people are just terrible because you, you end up hurting yourself and others. And it's really due to your inability to either A, set boundaries. Uh, well, first A, prioritize, then B, set boundaries, and then C, communicate those boundaries. Um, and then you, you might have to make radical change. Like you may have to give up the big house that you live in for a smaller house because it just makes more sense. Your, your mental health and well-being is not worth stressing out trying to get the big house. Like really. So it, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff to unpack there. I'm just going to be quiet. Doreen. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't be quiet anyway. So now let's take a look. Let's take a look at five ways, five practical ways that you can recover from burnout, right? Because it is important. So then you don't reproduce it. So 
Number one, Rob, is practice self-compassion. So tell us more about it. You have to practice self-compassion because what we end up doing is blaming ourselves. But studies indicate that actively cultivating self-compassion and empathy can mitigate the impact of burnout. And don't you want to mitigate the impact? I know you're probably sitting there thinking, this is all my fault. I can't handle this. But you have to practice self-compassion. Remind yourself that healing from burnout is a process. It won't happen overnight. It won't happen just by lighting a candle or taking a bubble bath either. It was a slow process to get you into it. It's going to be a slow process to get you out of it. Yes, exactly. So self-compassion is really something that most of us don't like, don't know how to practice, right? Because we were not taught to be uh, compassionate towards self. We were taught to be quiet. We were taught to work hard. We were taught to, taught to uh, keep our head down, at least for most of us, depending on what country you're um, you were born and raised in. And so, you know, those patterns, then when we become adult, we, we replicate those behaviors in the workplace when actually they might not be healthy. So self-compassion is very important. Number two, it's also important to reflect on the system you are in. So if you view success as getting all the work done, in an environment that has never-ending work, and most environment has <laughs> never-ending work, okay, you are bound, uh, like by default, you are bound to get stressed and feel terrible about yourself because it is never-ending, because there is always much more work to do, right? So you got to be able to reflect on the system you are evolving in. So pause, take a step back, and think of how you can protect yourself, okay? How you can improve the system you are evolving in and find another system that fits your need. And talking about system, we mentioned that, you know, learning to say no. Maybe you want to identify um, a, a few uh, times where you should have said no. So now you know when to say no next time. Uh, you want to also be able to identify uh, the time where uh, you 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 didn't set boundaries to protect yourself. And it's okay, you know, you don't know what you don't know. But once you take that step back and that you take the time to reflect on the system you are in, it gives you the key to look at, okay, what's not working? What is hurting me, my well-being, my physical and mental health? And what can I do? What do I need to learn? What do I need to put in place to create a new environment where I feel good? Very important. Yeah. Now, now, let's talk about the system that you're in, though. Oh, boy. Let me adjust myself in the chair for a minute. <laughs> no, but but I think it, it, it's also important to analyze the system that you're in while you're reflecting on it, too, because you have people out there, some people. Now, let me let me just back up. I say this a lot. Most of the world's people are very good people. There are only a handful of people in this world that are truly bad people. However, there are bad people that will take advantage of you within a system. So if you are in a system that where it looks like someone is using and abusing your kindness or your fear of setting boundaries, you need to get the heck up out of that system. And, and it goes back to something Shri said a minute ago. She said, we feel bad when we take a break. Yeah, 
We do. And then Hassam said, current managers are not really skilled on how to manage people. And then he said remotely, I would say people in general. Because what happens is people get promoted on jobs because of their ability to do a skill. But then now they're over people and managing people is a different skill in and of itself. Just because you're a good mechanical engineer doesn't mean you're a good manager of mechanical engineers. And so when you tell the people in your environment the things that you're seeing that are causing you to burn out, watch for their reaction. People who acknowledge it and attempt to help, that's probably a good environment you want to stay in. People who try to crap on you, that's probably an environment you want to leave, especially if you've done the research and identified the things that are crazy in your current environment. And actually, you know, in, in to add to that, someone in the comments says, you know, but sometimes people are shy uh, to say, you know, who say that? I saw I That was a song. Here, yes. But again, it comes to internal, be, internal, you know, behavior. That's what I was saying when I said that like, quiet quitting is not the answer. Because if you are shy right. to say no in a given context, you will be shy to say no in another context, right? So yep. you have to take ownership. And I believe it's what on uh, one of our uh, oh, this is the perfect transition because this is our point number two. It's about it's about taking ownership of your mindset. Yeah. Right. So if you know that you feel shy to say no, this is your responsibility to go outside of your comfort zone and to practice saying no. You know, I used to be shy to say no. I know what I'm talking about because listen, hey, all the mistakes <laughs> I've been there, right. done it. And trust me, it is not worth it. And now, you know, thing, things change for me. And I find I found the courage to say no when I shifted my perspective and when i convinced myself because it's about convincing yourself first and so i convinced myself that no stands for next opportunity no stands for next opportunity so when people would tell me no i wouldn't be shocked or embarrassed but then when i would say no I wouldn't be shy because I wouldn't feel like I'm saying no from a perspective, I'm refusing to work with you. But from a perspective, this is not the right time. The next time would be the right opportunity to be working on this with you, for example, or to be taking on this, um, the, these tasks or this project and so on. So no stands for the next opportunity where I will be more available and I will have time to work on it and, and to provide good quality work, right? So this is your responsibility to take ownership for the mindset you are in. And if you have the choice to work until exhaustion or to set boundaries, this is your responsibility to decide not to. Okay. Oh, but Doreen, I have to work to the bone because I have all these bills to pay. <laughs> you, you know, I think I think there is a fatigue, a real fatigue here about people saying, yes, but I have to pay the bills. We all have to pay the bills, right? right. And here, neither Rob or I, when he, we are here pretending we are super highly successful influencer people living the lavish lifestyle. This is not what we are here for. And this is not what we are portraying. We all have bills to pay. But if you kill yourself over it, like you choose to kill yourself over it when you could choose to look for another options when you can still right. make a decent living to continue paying the bill. So Look, don't, the oh, sorry. Oh, my, my last one here is like, don't put your fear of lacking or your, 
your fear of going outside of your comfort zone, searching for something different on, oh yes, but I have to stay in this situation to pay the bill because in 2023, I do believe that this is not, this is not the right, the, a right excuse or this is not the right answer or, you know, this is something that you are lying to yourself. Yeah. Here's the thing. If you kill yourself working to pay the bills, once you're dead, you really won't have to pay the bills anyway. So I think it's really important to take ownership in your mindset because what you start to think and believe, you'll then start to do. So if you're stuck in a place and you're at this job that you hate, figure out why you hate it, because it might actually be you. Probably not. But it might be. But once you start to figure out that this is a place that can't be changed, you have to start making moves. No more excuses because your life is on the line. What do we just say? 750 million people die each year because of what we're what they're thinking right now are things related to workplace stress and burnout. That's crazy. And I don't want any of us to be amongst that 750,000. Heck, I think that's a really high number. But, you know, here, um, again, I cannot see your name, but it is not that easy to say no uh, to as opportunities are not that easy and available. You have to find them or you have to create them for yourself. Again, you have to take ownership of the situation you. you are in. Thank you. Look, look. OK, so I, I'm going to get real vulnerable at this moment. So I, I got to tell you. So my last job, I hated it. it. It was. Oh, boy, it was pretty bad. 2020 pandemic hit. Here I am, a speaker, a trainer, trying to make some money. Now, I made a whole $12,000 in 2020. Not a lot of money. Began creating opportunities, ended up making significantly more in 2021 and did even better in 2022. But what are you willing to sacrifice? Are you going to keep staying in an environment that's literally driving you crazy? First, I lost a bunch of weight. I became underweight. I had for the first time in my life heart palpitations. I went to the emergency room thinking I was having a heart attack. They hooked me up to monitors, gave me EKGs and all kinds of things. Next thing you know, they said, there is absolutely nothing wrong with your heart. You appear to be in good health. Doctor said to me, are you stressing? I was so crazy back then. I said, no, I'm not stressing. What do you mean? So he said, run down to me the list of things that you're going through right now. And I started naming off the things that were happening to me in that moment. The doctor looked at me and he said, sir, I know you think you're not stressing, but you're stressing. So I started realizing my heart would get this flutter. And I started recognizing when it would happen. And it would happen when I was around certain people in certain situations. These were very bad people who were causing mm -mm, that I was allowing them to cause this kind of thing to happen in me. So to say opportunities aren't available, that might be true. You might have to suffer in the short term. You might have to go without making money. You might have to pull money from your retirement or your savings account. But tell me something. Is that short term thing worth the long-term benefit of living because i want to live yeah yeah absolutely. That's for sure. oh for sure we all want to live old and and you know and and great and so which brings us actually this is a perfect transition again to our point number five which is create action items for systemic changes right so you want to have that list what we are talking about here 
Action items, you want to create action items that fit your schedule and demands, you know, because it can help you make elastic systemic changes, right? We are not talking about change for one or two weeks or one or two months. Uh, we are talking about real long-term change in your daily life, right? So I'm, gonna, I'm going to share with you uh, two examples of uh, everyday ways uh, to, affect to affect change in your uh, work life, preventing further burnout, okay? So take note. The first one, we have talked about it already, but I'm going to say it again because it's very important and I know it's not easy for a lot of people, is to set work boundaries, right? So when you notice yourself being unproductive, take a short, short break. We have talked about it. If you work from home, set up a workspace and a play space. You have to be able to separate both, you know, physically because it does have an impact on your mindset as well so you associate home with more fun relax you know good moment positivity and then your workspace even if it's a corner right this corner you know it's for work only right and similarly you you can set a schedule so that you know when you can turn off from your workspace at a specific time turn off turn off unplug after I don't answer email now. This is something new that I have implemented for, for a couple of weeks now. I don't answer emails in the afternoon. I take care of emails in the morning only. I like that. Right? Yeah, you should try it. That's that's kind of, that's cool. And it made me, it made a big difference in the way I feel. So I don't have the pressure in the afternoon to keep looking at my emails, to answering people. And when people keep telling me, hey, but I sent you, uh, an email yesterday, I tell them yes, and I answer all my emails in the morning. So if you send me an email in the afternoon, you will get a response, a response the following morning. And people understand that. So I'm setting boundaries. I'm setting time also to turn off. You know, you have to do it yourself again. It comes back to taking ownership of your well-being. And another thing that you can implement on a daily basis is to have a stress reduction list. So basically, you make a list of the things that stress you out, okay, as well as a list of things that re-energize re you. So you have your list, two columns, things that stress me out and things that re-energize me. And so when you know exactly you are able to pinpoint what is stressing you out, you can up, pause, take a break and focus on something that will boost your energy so you don't have to stay in this state of negativity, in this state of stress for too long. Again, you have the ownership and the opportunity, the responsibility to either let a situation, a stressful moment or a stressful factor stress you for the rest of the day or stress you for a minute or two and to focus on the good and the positive. Oh, so let me ask you a question and let me ask the audience a question, too. What re-energizes you, Doreen? Taking a walk outside. Ah. I would go on a walk no matter what time of the day, but it's, it was a little bit challenging here because I'm in Toronto in the Canadian weather. But even if it's snowing, even if it's cold, I would just take a walk, you know, in the neighborhood, but just like to free my mind, to to... To, to breathe fresh air, you know, to move my body. I love doing that. Another thing that I love to do also is eating chocolate, but this is not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I have this theory that chocolate cures everything. 
Oh, I don't care okay. what it is. You got a cold, eat some chocolate. Broke a leg, eat some chocolate. Heart disease, eat some chocolate. I put it. This is the best cure for everything. <laughs> oh goodness! So I, I am curious to our audience though. What re-energizes you out? Now I'll tell you what. For me, sometimes, and this is gonna sound real crazy, but it's it's true. Sometimes just jumping rope. I love just look. I'll be in between meetings and I'll pull out my jump rope. And that kind of re-energizes me. It helps me to focus. And I don't know why. But also, there's um, there's this game, this puzzle game called Wordscapes. When I'm doing this puzzle game, it kind of, it, it gets my mind to thinking about almost nothing. And then I learn new words and stuff like that. So, yeah. I use actually Wordscape to, at night to fall asleep. I love it. <laughs> to fall asleep? It re-energizes me. <laughs> no, no. I use it to fall asleep. Listen. <laughs> okay, so we are we are going over, but listen, thank you so much for being here, for participating in the conversation. We will just look at the last point of today's conversation, five okay. ways to recover from burnout. So first of all, we talked about practicing self-compassion. Uh, number two, reflect on the system you are in and Take ownership of the mindset you are in as well. This is your responsibility to change your mindset, to change your focus, and to change the system you are in. Uh, number four, create actions, action items for systemic changes. And I gave you a couple of examples. And last but not least, grant yourself permission to be an imperfect human. Oh, my gosh. I love this one. Oh, I'm all over that one. I mean, we we all know that I'm imperfect and I screw stuff up all the time. So that one I got, I'm all over that one. Oh, yeah. No, listen, I like to say we are perfectly imperfect. There is no such thing as perfection. And if you are a perfectionist, again, which I used to, I feel like when I'm talking, I feel like, damn, I was checking like all the wrong <laughs> cases you know but that's okay yeah. because you evolve and you learn from your mistake i used to be a perfectionist so now i have shifted from being a perfectionist to having high standards which there is a big difference trust me at least from my perspective and from the way you feel about things and so like you make mistakes and so what you don't know it all and so what you don't have it all and so what so other people do they, they, they are exactly the same. So don't put too much pressure on yourself because uh, like you think that it's it's greener, the grass is greener on the other side because trust me, this is not true. And here we have a beautiful comment from Terence who says, we are each a work in progress. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the, the fun part too is though, when we make mistakes, we oftentimes learn and we oftentimes create something that's better in the end. Yeah. Like the, the, there's fun in failure. And, and it took me a while to really understand and embrace that. But think about like your first live show that you did. Because I, I said this the other day, my first live show, it sucked. But I got better and better because I was willing to not be afraid of failing and put myself out there. And he, I, I'll share something else with you about that show. It was uh, the Friday Fraudster. Well, we talk about fraud on Fridays and the show, we, we talked about a fraud that happened with a company that had this machine that was going to measure your poop and tell you what diseases you had from poop. So I called the first show the crappy company. That was the title for it. I called it that because I figured if I had a show that was about poop, first of all, 
poop is always funny, right? Just saying the word poop kind of makes you laugh sometimes. Second thing is, even if the show was crappy, I could blame it on the fact that we were talking about poop. And I, we made a lot of mistakes that first show and just got better and better and better. So if you're not afraid to make mistakes and get a little crappy sometimes, then how can you actually have success? Because nothing is perfect the first time you do it. But even if you look at the Good Morning LinkedIn show, hey, Rob had already uh, live stream experience. I had live stream experience because I have my own show also stand up from the crowd. And so, but then we are we like two personality, two people. And so I remember we were using the, the background by default with bubbles, like from the 80s. Like that was horrible. <laughs> that was horrible, <laughs> right? Uh, that would be funny maybe on the next show to share some images from our first few shows. You will love, trust me, you will love. And then, you know, it took a couple of times uh, for Rob to understand me and my style and for me to understand Rob and You still don't style. understand me. <laughs> no, I do now. I'm fine now. I'm fine. <laughs> uh, but that, that's the thing. If you don't try, will you be uncomfortable? Yes. Will people judge you for trying? Probably yes. And yeah. so what? Again, and so what? right so let's conclude this show because i think we have been talking forever but it was necessary so will burnout ever end that's that's the question and i do believe as long as there are workplaces that cause workers to experience chronic stress overwork and long hours burnout is here to stay now on the other side this is our respective responsibility to decide you know if we want to live in such state of stress or not. And there is an example here that I wanted to share with you um, from Australia, actually, where the government of um, the, the, the Australian legislator has decided to step in and has classified burnout as a work health and safety hazard, right? Meaning that bosses are legally legally obliged to identify and manage risks that may cause employee work-related stress from peak periods of high workload to excessive working hours. So could that be the solution? I don't know. I'm not sure again, because as I said, it doesn't take into consideration the personal and the internal factors, but would that be a path to a, a better and greater and more sustainable and healthier workplace? Maybe yes, we'll see. Anything else, my friend, that you would like to add? The only thing I will add is if you know or suspect that someone is suffering from burnout, inquire, see if there's anything. Oftentimes, all people need to hear is, hey, you look a little stressed. Are you okay? And can I help you? That one sentence there could change somebody's life. You look a little stressed. Are you okay? Can I help you? Yeah. And, and if you are the person burning out or feeling that you are on the verge of burning out, seek for help, like contact people, you know, like there is here in Canada, there is free helpline, I believe they call it. Uh, but, you know, they are like professionals who are here to support you. And again, I want you to understand that there is nothing, nothing wrong with you. It's it's about the context you are in and it's about your own ability to take control over it. So you protect yourself from 
outside factors. Okay, so that's all for us today. Thank you so much for being with us, for your participation, for engaging with us. Uh, we love it and we appreciate each one of you. Uh, you take care, you stay safe, and we will see you next week, Saturday, for another episode of Good Morning LinkedIn. Thank you, everyone. Peace out. <laughs>